0: Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. Liquidchurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're going to have a little bit of lights in the room so I can see your faces. I hope you were here last week for the kickoff of our brand new series, Glocal. It was an incredible Sunday, yes? Can we, that was an amazing uh, Sunday. We had the privilege of actually hearing from Scott Harrison. He is the founder of Charity Water, and that is a very cool New York City-based um, nonprofit with a very focused mission to bring clean, safe drinking water to some of the 1.1 billion people who lack it. Now, that, I was amazed by that number because that's one in six people in the world literally don't, don't have what we take for granted every day, and water is a very big deal. Eighty uh, percent of all disease in the world is caused by unsafe water and lack of basic sanitation. That, that's an incredible statistic. And, 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 and Scott is a follower of Jesus Christ. And it was incredible to hear how God impacted his life and interrupted it as a New York City nightclub promoter and sent him halfway around the world. First, to the, as a photojournalist, you saw his pictures as you kind of walked in today. And he began documenting the world's poorest on mercy ships. Uh, I was shocked by this picture he took of a boy named Alfred. Um, he is from sub-Saharan Africa, and that is a massive facial tumor that was slowly suffocating him. Many diseases like this traceable to contaminated and toxic sources of drinking water. But the after picture was, was more amazing. This is Alfred after surgery. Um, literally, a couple weeks later, after Christian doctors literally gave him back his life. Um, what Scott didn't tell you is that Alfred, literally, he hadn't spoken since he was a baby. And so after surgery, his parents heard his voice for the first time time. Literally before that, he was mute. And so this ministry was all done in the name of Jesus Christ. When he touches people, the mute speak. They receive their speech back. The blind see. And as Scott had kind of experienced that power of Christian compassion, he himself was changed. Actually, the way he says it, it ruined him. Um, Wrecked his heart in a great way. Upon his return to New York City, those two worlds collided. Told us a little bit about that story where he came back and they had a party and he was handed a $16 margarita which is the same price uh, as a bag of rice which can feed a family of four in sub-Saharan Africa. And so he went to Africa, actually, back there to some of the most war-torn parts, for instance, in Liberia. And it was amazing. That's a picture from the 70s of Liberia, the capital there, a hotel. And this is the picture after five civil wars in a row. Literally, it's it's a continent on fire. And that is when Scott discovered the incredible opportunity to actually pour God's compassion into the lives of the poorest in a very simple way water and this is where we come in um, i first met scott a few years ago and he began telling me about charity water and he found out the name of our church was liquid church and we thought maybe there's a connection there and uh, i remember he showed me his, his photos for the first time like this one from kilgali rwanda rwanda actually the capital is about eight million people Where literally they are dying of thirst this is where they gather their drinking water from a ravine in these five-gallon jerry cans that you've been seeing on the way in. Does anyone even know where you get that word jerry cans from? It's actually not even J-E-R-R-Y, it's G-E-R-R-Y, it's actually because in World War II, the Germans invented these cans, these diesel fuel cans, to pour into the tanks in Africa as Rommel the Desert Fox was actually busy conquering Africa on the behalf of Nazi Germany. And so these diesel cans became known as jerry cans. And after World War II, they were left there, and the African poor began using them not to carry tank fuel, but actually to carry water. Only the problem is it's about as toxic as tank fuel is. And so today, if you go to Uganda and refugee camps, you will see them carrying from the rivers and the ravines. And, and, and the, you know, these are contaminated by cow feces and urine. And yet this is what they drink. Um, the, the charity team brought back a sample here in New York City to be tested. This is what it looks like under a microscope. It is chock full of parasites and, and other unmentionables. And again, since most folks live on less than a dollar a day, most can't even afford literally the charcoal to boil it. So they, they literally drink it as is um, from swamps uh, like the one you'll see in Ethiopia. Addis Ababa is the capital of Ethiopia, about 75 million people. This is the swamp they drink from. Literally. Undil- that's the, untreated, that's literally where they drink from. And the effect is devastating. Um, Scott took this picture of a little girl there. That's appeared in a lot of magazines. It's a heart wrecker. A uh, little girl, less than three years old, and she, that's the water she's drinking. And she would swallow it. She would just vomit it back up. Swallow vomit, swallow vomit all over herself. And from our perspective, honestly, in the States, I have like a hard time getting my mind around this. Because I'm like, this, this still happens? Yeah. It, it is a global problem. At any one time, half of the world's hospital beds are occupied by patients suffering from waterborne illnesses. Every, I mean, this is everyday stuff like diarrhea. I mean, we go to Walgreens, we get Pepto-Bismol. But in sub-Saharan Africa, you die More than 2.2 million people each year. Just to give you a little perspective of what that is, that's the equivalent of 20 jumbo jets crashing every day. It's a continent on fire. Uh, People dying of diseases that like our pets have, like worms. I mean, we we took our dog to the vet uh, yesterday. This boy who's drawing contaminated water here, you can take a look. He looks normal in every way except for his feet. Those feet are swollen, actually, with the the worms and maggots and the parasites that will eventually um, take his life. But the cool part is, right now, I don't know when you see these, but I just go like, oh, what so overwhelming and so upsetting. What happened is God wrecked Scott's heart and moved him to take radical action. And out of a broken heart was born Charity Water, where they literally realized $20 provides clean drinking water to one person for 20 years. And they're like, let's do this. Let's change one person's life at a time. And so then they got the notion as they began doing that, they got the notion of drilling wells for an entire village when they realized. It costs five thousand dollars to drill a well for the poorest of the poor in, in like refugee camps in Rwanda and Uganda and all over Africa. And so in partnership with local drilling teams, they were like five thousand dollars, four hundred people will have clean water for two decades, or like it's an entire generation. And each well literally began transforming the entire village. If you take a look at this, you'll see it, this is literally before and after. This was the well where you saw them drawing from the swamp. And literally after they hit the aquifer, the next day, this is what they're drinking. And the drilling and ma- it's not just charity. The drilling and maintenance doesn't get done by locals. They, they, it gets done by locals. They train them to actually maintain and regulate them. So it actually adds value to the economy and becomes sustainable. It's not this ongoing thing. And it literally has this transformational impact on the lives of the entire village and entire regions now are becoming transformed through a very, very simple thing, water. See, water changes literally everything. The faces of the children who have been blessed by the wells that have been dug there tell you all you need to know. And they've been displayed now at the Sundance Film Festival. And now they have other people getting involved. So Scott and I began talking about liquid partnering with Charity Water. It wasn't just a layup, honestly. It was a God thing. Uh, Because, like I said, I don't know about you, but when I see these images, I get everything from anger, like, how is this still happening? No. To apathy, just like, but what what are we going to do about this? And and then what happens is I get paralyzed. I get locked up. I'm like, "I, I don't know, someone else has to deal with that. So we said instead, as a local church, what could we do together about a global problem? And as our leadership team discussed that, and we prayed, we established a goal for this summer we thought was going to really stretch us as a church, and that is to build three wells in three areas of Africa, in the in the refugee camps there in northern Uganda, in Ethiopia, and then in Central African Republic. And we were like, this is very ambitious, because like we didn't budget for this, and, and it costs a lot here in New Jersey, but, but we're like, we, putting hands, you need to know this if you're new, putting hands and feet to our faith is like the heartbeat of our church. And so last week, we challenged all of you to actually give above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings and pour compassion into these critical areas of sub-Saharan Africa. And we didn't quite know what to expect. But we said, God, would you do something? Would you honor our our desire to at least just take a swing and make a dent in this thing? And what happened last week is God showed up big time. I mean, something incredible. We didn't drill three wells. We ended up drilling six wells. That is absolutely incredible. You did. You did. Every person in this church, and each of those wells, that that literally, each of those wells represent one entire village. That's 400 people, men, women, and children. If you do the math, you realize 1,200 people in our church provided clean drinking water for 2,400 people for two decades, literally double the amount of people in our church will be impacted by this. And you'll be able to chart the progress. It's incredible. We'll be able to watch this on Google Earth. Kind of, I'll show you the satellite view. Have a village here in uh, the Central African Republic. Can you throw that up on the screen? I want people to see this. Um, We'll be able to track using technology. Google Earth we will be watching over the next months as those wheels kind of get drilled and see the impact that they're going to make over the next two decades. But I am like so proud of you guys. I mean... If you missed, if you missed out, some, I know some people were just like, I didn't have my check. If you weren't able to give last week, you will have a chance to do so actually for the entire month of July. Again, whatever we give beyond our normal average tithes and offerings, we're giving 100% of that to the life-changing freshwater wells. It was cool, because on Sunday night when, when Pastor Dave told me he did the final tally, um, I, 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 was like, I texted Scott, uh, you know, and, and my subject line was this, booyah. Guess what God did? And, and he flew out to Ethiopia actually this week. And so he texted back just a two-word reply. He wrote, booyah indeed. Because <laughs> we can't wait to see where this leads. I mean, our partnership with charity is actually just getting started and digging wells for the world's poorest couldn't be more appropriate for a church named Liquid. So all this, why? Because you opened your heart to what breaks God's heart. And you let him touch yours, and I, I was so amazed. I think I was amazed by the diversity of gifts. Um, one family actually said, We're going to do an entire well. We we'll, we'll just get $5,000. We're going to do that right now. They, they just came right. And someone donated $150 and, and emailed us and said, I won that in the scratch off mega millions yesterday. <laughs> $150. I thought, that was amazing. Uh, most gave $20, which is a big deal. $20 literally equals clean, safe drinking water for 20 years for one person. To me, the most touching gift at all was the 83 cents because that's the amount of the allowance that a little boy and a little girl gave last week. So if you didn't give, you can simply literally put that in your, in your offering envelope. You have that in the, uh, in, the, um, in the bulletin they gave you on your way in and, um, and simply make checks payable, liquid cash, because remember, 100% of what we give together goes directly into digging those wells. So let's just take a moment. I want to like, thank God just for what he did. Father, um, thank you for the incredible first step, Lord, towards, towards going local uh, and becoming a local church with a heart for the entire globe. Lord, we just give full credit to you, perhaps to you, Jesus, by your spirit. And we just ask your blessing, God. Multiply these gifts. You're going to use them to change lives around the world, not just out of charity, Father, but because of Christ because of what Christ did for me in coming to this world to serve and sacrifice and die for us so that we could live. Thank you for the privilege of sacrificing in your name for people we may never meet, but we ask now um, that they would meet you. They know that you would care, that your people care, Father, and that they matter. Father, we, um, even in one week, we've learned a tremendous lesson here. When what breaks your heart begins to break our heart you are faithful to just multiply the impact so thank you for doing more than we can exceedingly mask or imagine we just can't wait to see what you do next in the name of jesus we all said amen amen amen. all right well here's a question for you i'm kind of curious as you look at this on on the screen which of these gifts do you think is most valuable from god's perspective uh yeah it's okay so yeah some of you know that's a trick question uh, you guys kind of know through the world's eyes, we typically think the most money equals the most difference, but that's not necessarily true. Because in God's kingdom, we are told it's not about amount, but it's about attitude. It's all about the heart behind it. Do you get involved naturally out of genuine compassion and care or kind of begrudgingly out of like guilt or duty or, or worse, just kind of apathy? All right. As we take our next step today in going local, I want to tell you a story, kind of a fun story. It's a story about three guys who were given three gifts of different amounts, actually. And this is not my story. This is a story, actually, that Jesus himself told. And I want to invite you to actually take your Bible there and turn to Matthew 25 so you can kind of follow along. This is Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. It's on page 689 if you're looking for this. And uh, Jesus told this story to illustrate what it means to like really invest your life in the kingdom of God. And here's what he said. He said, again, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey. This is verse 14. Just follow along with me there. And he says, this guy called his servants and entrusted his property to them. And to one he gave how many? Five talents of money. To another two talents. And to another one talent, each according to his ability. And then he went on a journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work. And he gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and what? Hid his master's money. Now let's just stop there for a minute, just kind of unpack this story real time because the first thing Jesus reveals is fairly obvious. God gives people different talents of different sizes. Everyone in this room, we are each given resources of varying sizes. In other words, some of us, Get a little. Some of us get a little bit more, and actually, some of us God entrusts a lot to. Okay, now understand this: when when Jesus says talent, this isn't just like like just you know our abilities. The word talent was actually a unit of currency in ancient Israel. Okay, these are actually gold dollars, but one talent in ancient Israel was like a was like a thousand dollars, one piece of silver. And talents were made out of silver. And so Jesus is like this. He's like, okay, so I'm telling you this story. Ready? What's God like? Hmm, let me tell you about my father. He's like this wealthy landowner who's going off on a trip. So he's going away for a while. And while he's gone, he takes his talents, what's his, and entrusts his resources and his money to his key servants. And he gives each of them a different amount according to their abilities. So to one, he gives how many? Three, four, five. And he's like... She has this uh, amount of ability, and, and, and here's one too, and here's one for you. Uh, Kevin, you get, you get one as well. And, and so this parable, you realize the talents, they don't just stand for money, but something deeper. A, a talent represents any kind of resource entrusted to you or to me by God. So it could be like a natural ability. You have like a natural talent, we say, for numbers or for music or for teaching or whatever. And often that natural talent, which is from God, enables you actually to earn financial talents. So, like in the best cases, we you use your God-given talent or your job uh, for a career to earn a living. Okay. So let's say you know you're good with numbers, so you become an accountant or a math teacher or a finance guy, whatever. Or you have an eye for the visual arts, so you become a graphic designer or an architect or or and you earn what we call a living. Get this, okay? Your talent. Your natural ability literally translates into financial talents. And we all have different capacities. This past week I talked with a friend. He just got a new job. Actually, he got a big job. He got a killer corporate job. I can't even imagine this kind of thing. Big bucks. Why? Because God has given him really outsized, incredible strategic talents. He is an excellent manager of people. He has a sharp strategic mind. God has given him a lot of talent. Uh, I have several friends who are gifted teachers. I was a gifted teacher. I was a teacher once. That's funny. I was a gifted teacher once. Once upon a time, now it's just all flat. I was, I was a teacher. Now, you know teachers. They don't earn a ton of money, <laughs> but they are incredibly devoted to their work. And in the summer, a few of them have actually a gift of time, more than most of us. Or, or maybe you don't work or you stay at home. And God, you don't have a ton of money, but he's given you a larger capacity for time, for serving. I also know some college students who work at Starbucks. <laughs> the point is, God entrusts each of us with different talents. So you may be blessed with abundant resources or time or abilities or, 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 or financial ability, some less, some more. But reality is, when it comes to the rest of the world, almost every one of us in this room, we're the five. Because we live in Oz when it comes to the rest of the world. Just to give you a global perspective, I want to show you something. Um, because some of you are like, I live in New Jersey. I don't feel like the five, dude, okay? Um, you know, check this out. This is called the miniature earth. I want you to imagine this. If we could shrink the population of the entire earth into a small community of 100 people, just 100, keeping the same proportions that we have today, it would actually be something like this. This is kind of kind of neat. So imagine 100 people represents the entire earth's community, okay? This is the incredible breakdown. Just give you a global perspective. About 61 of us would be Asian Pastor Tom was like, yeah 12 Europeans 8 of us would be from North America 5 from the South and the Caribbean 13 of us would be Africans 1 from Oceania And the interesting thing is Out of that 100 people It's evenly split, 50-50 Women and men in perfect proportion Sometimes 51, excuse women, 49 men Out of all those About half live in a city One in ten, about nine, are disabled in that community of 100 people. Now, a third of them are Christian. That is, they're Catholic or, or Protestant or Anglican or some form, but 18 of them are Muslims. 14 are Hindus, and 16 have no religion at all. Six Buddhists, and 13 practice other religions.
1: Out
0: of that 100 Forty-three don't have a toilet, and almost twenty live without water. Six people out of a hundred on almost two-thirds of the entire wealth. Thirteen will go to bed hungry or starving, and out of that one hundred, fourteen are illiterate. Seven of them will have the luxury of graduating from high school, seven out of a hundred. And about a dozen have a computer. And if you don't understand email, you're in good company because only three people in that global village know the internet. One of them has AIDS. And the interesting expenditure is that $1.1 trillion will be spent on military. And about a 10th of that on bringing water and sanitation to the others. Now here's the deal. If you go home today and you have to keep your food in a refrigerator and you've got a closet for your clothes, tonight you may sleep in a bed and actually have a roof over your head, you are richer than 75% of the rest of the global village. If you have a bank account, you have an ATM card, you're one of the 30 wealthiest people in the entire world. It's scandalous because 18 live on less than one American dollar a day. And what's worse is that you add to that 53 who struggle to live on less than $2 a day. That means 70 out of 100 people live on less than $2 a day. You get the point. Compared to the rest of the globe, we live in Oz. We are... When it comes to the basic elixir of life, water, we've been given a lot of talents. Just take a look at this, really kind of interesting here. The average American uses about 150 gallons of water a day. That's, that's you and me. We don't even think anything about it. The person who lives in, in Africa at this point doesn't, doesn't actually even have one jug. So, we, you know, again, not to feel guilty, we just need to acknowledge something just right now. We live in the Emerald City, we live in Oz. This is where God chose to plant you and give you times and, and, and destinations. But I mean, and I, I know, I understand it is easy in New Jersey to feel poor. I mean, just like, it's like the real estate is ridiculous and the crazy cost of living, and, 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 but it's like persp- perspective, people. In a global village, guess what? We're the five. Right. Now, what's interesting is that in Jesus' story, what happens while this wealthy landowner is on his trip. Because while he's away, each of his servants, who he entrusts his resources to, actually do something different with it. Look at this. Look at verses 16 and 17. Would you look at this in Matthew 25? It says, The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained Two more. In other words, they creatively invested what God had entrusted to them. In other words, the guy who had a lot, he invested his aster's money, and he like, actually went double down at the poker table down at the Sahara's in Atlantic City, and he got five more. And, and the girl, she had two. She actually invested wisely as well. and So like, she doubled her return, and now she had not two, but she, she had four. And there's the thing. It doesn't say how, how they invested. It probably wasn't like they just went out, and all of a sudden they got magically five. In fact, it probably involved taking some risk. Maybe maybe they lost three and then they gained four back and then they dropped to one, but then they finally hit it with seven and it doubled their investment. I don't know. But clearly they read the journal because they were savvy investors. What's funny is that a lot of people feel like, oh, I guess we should feel guilt for being Westerners. Hardly. God isn't anti-capitalism. In fact, he celebrates this. Would you look at his reaction to this? Look down at verse 19. Gage's reaction, he comes back from his trip. It says, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and he settled accounts with each of them. And the man who had received the five talents brought the other five and he said, Master, you entrusted me with five. Look what I got. I gained five more. Let's read this together. Verse 21. His master replied, what? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will now put you in charge of many things. Come, share your master's happiness. In other words, he's like, yes! I am pumped. I am so proud of you. You took a risk. You invested in building my kingdom while I was away. I am proud of you. And then it says, that the guy with two talents, He also came and said, Master, you're trusting me with two. Look, I got, I got four. And what's he say? Same words. Well done, good and faithful servants. Come and share my joy. Now look at that phrase. Well done, good and faithful servant. Where have we heard that before? Anybody? Yeah. It's in the last book of the Bible, Revelation. It's literally the words that we're told God will use when he welcomes followers of Jesus Christ into heaven. And it is a phrase of reward for those who invest themselves in expanding his kingdom on earth. In other words, here's the deal. I don't know what you've heard in terms of like what the gospel is. When we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, say, you are God, come into my life, forgive my sins. It is not just this get out of hell free card so we can get our butts into heaven. Got that taken care of. Okay, whatever. That's not it. You are saved for significance. To go on mission with Jesus. God blesses us so we can then be a blessing to the rest of the world and expand God's kingdom in the world around us. In the book of Revelation, um, where that phrase is from, well done, good and faithful servant, we're told a little bit about what the literal kingdom of heaven is like because Jesus is speaking figuratively, but then we get a a revelation of, of what this looks like. And literally, when Christ returns, check this out, we are told this, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything what? New. This is an incredible picture of the literal kingdom of heaven, okay? What will happen when Jesus returns? He's away. The master is on a trip. He's away right now. But when he returns... He will be present among us. And what will happen? Well, there'll be no more darkness because it's going to bring light and healing and wholeness. Our world, as it is now, will no longer exist. And it's not just getting burnt up by fire. When we look at Scott's pictures, you see a world that is racked by pain and suffering and injustice. You look at the pictures behind me. I want you to imagine everything made new. We go back to the garden, the original paradise for which we were created, and which our broken world so painfully falls short of. So the kingdom of God, according to Jesus, is this, is this complete reversal of the pain and suffering we see in the world around us. Now watch this. In the middle of all of this, this incredible image in Revelation 22, look at this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. As clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. Where have we seen that before? Genesis, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for, let's say this phrase together, what? The healing of the nations. When we glimpse heaven, what's running down Main Street according to Jesus? Jesus. A river of a water of life, crystal clear, flowing, undiluted from the throne of God. And this is a symbol because it gives life to everything it touches. Next to it is the tree of life again. God's returning us to Eden as the life he intended all of humanity to to experience. And notice the image that we're given. It is overflowing. It is abundance. It is plenty. It's not scarcity. The tree bears fruit every month. In other words, there's no more famine. No famine. There is a river spilling its banks, no drought, an overflowing river of life, crystal clear and pure, and then culminates in this stirring picture. Look at this. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the, what? Nations. No more American, no more Australian, no more African. There are the people of God in the kingdom of heaven. And all the nations that have suffered and been broken in this life will be healed and put back together. This is God's idea of heaven. He is at the center of it. He is the source of life represented by that river. And he is, is, he's like, Mike, here's what's going to happen. You want the end of time. It's not all fire. I am bringing total healing to a broken and bruised world. The fouled, impoverished, and unjust world that you see will literally be transformed by the power of the risen Christ. This is literally the resurrection. Our whole world groans. But this is our destiny. This is our hope, people. As one people. Another American African-Australian. Just simply the people of God. And Jesus will be the God of this city. And this will be yesterday's news. We won't see this again. Banished. Because he will wipe every tear from their eye. And what? Replace it with this joy and the nations will be healed and the river of God will flow down in heaven up there comes down here. You see this? This is the future. <laughs> Looks bleak. No! The future picture from heaven, you begin to realize in Jesus' story, what the master is saying to the servants on earth, he's saying this, while I'm away, until I return, I want you to invest yourself bringing up there, down here. I am entrusting my resources to you. I am giving each of you different talents and I expect you to invest them creatively. Well done. I gave you five for the healing of the nations and now look at you, you double at ten. I gave you two, you returned four, you little church. You thought you could dig three wells. I'm going to make it six and there is more to come. Because every time, every time I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. There will be more. You see what's going on here? It's not about money. God is like, when you let your heart be broken by the things that break my heart, when you sacrifice yourself bringing up there, down here, giving people a foretaste of my kingdom on this earth, I will multiply your impact. Well done. Come and share your master's what? Happiness. Nothing. Nothing makes God happier than the healing of the nations and bringing up there, down here, and giving people a foretaste of the kingdom of God. Two important lessons Jesus imparts here. Not not only does God give each of us um, different talents, he expects us to invest them creatively. See, you would be making the biggest mistake imaginable if you thought he's just talking about money here. A talent... It's any resource you have to spend. For some, yeah, it's, fine. it's finances. For others, it's your literal gift, your, your God given ability. For others, it's your time. And God's like this. Well, while I'm away, before I return, I am, I am trusting you to invest it to bring up up there, down here to a world in need. So here's my question. What does that look like for you? Because here's the deal. This is not about writing a one time check or something like a check off, like some box. All right, now I'm doing charity. What's in you know? the noise? This is about embracing a vision for the kingdom of God in this world. And Jesus is like, how badly do you want to join my Father in bringing healing to the nations? God's like inviting us. And he rewards his servants who are creative. Creative in risking what he's given them. It, 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 was, it was so cool to hear from so many of you this week just your desire like, to get involved because some of you, you're like, I don't want to just you know, give money. That, that's great, I can give money. But you came up with ideas that just blew my socks off. Creative, <laughs> risky, Sacrificial. Uh, I want to share with you um, what God stirred in the heart of one of our staff members. Uh, most of you know Pastor Glenn. He is our pastor of spiritual care and counseling, uh, licensed counselor, 17 years. Here's the dirty little secret. He is a rabid Yankees fan. I mean, an off the charts, he will bite you if you like the Mets. He ain't into it. He is a crazy Yankees fan and a huge baseball memorabilia collector. And um he actually has this extensive collection of Yankees memorabilia that he's been collecting since he was a boy. And what happened is this. As Glenn kind of became aware of the gaping needs globally, you know, he just heard, you know, the images saw Scott's those autographs, and some of you have been in his office where you see, you know, the, the you know, the Derek Jeter, the Ted Williams, the Joe DiMaggio, you know, uh, uh those autographs, those balls and bats on the wall, they just started looking different to him. And so this past week, this is just unbelievable, it's as recent as yesterday, Um, struck with an opportunity to invest creatively, Glenn did something that I I think was was God-inspired. Yesterday, on his front lawn, he auctioned it all off, every jot and tittle from his front yard, to invest in the lives of people that he will never meet.
1: The decision to sell all of my sports memorabilia is one that really began a couple of years ago. Uh, there, there was a message, I don't even remember the title of the message, but Tim gave a message, Pastor Tim, about um, about the needs of the world. So the day came when I was sitting in my office, and it wasn't long after that message from Pastor Tim, that I was looking at the walls in my room and seeing all of these great heroes, baseball heroes that I had grown up uh, enjoying and some that even predated me and uh, I I began to see them in a new way. So for the last couple of years ever since that message from Pastor Tim that day I've been trying to find ways in which I can convert these sports pictures and autographs into money to be able to donate to uh, impoverished people around the world. And then this past Sunday at Liquid being here and hearing Scott Harrison talk about the work of Charity Water, uh, I was First of all, just so proud to be part of a church that would partner with, a, with a, a work like charity. To think of my pictures, these things that have been treasures of mine, going to, uh, to make a difference in this world, to uh, provide water, clean drinking water for kids, uh, just an amazing thing. Uh, I love being part of Liquid, a church that cares about the least, the last, and the lost. You know, I'm not sure what all of these items together combined are worth. I have a sense that it'll be somewhere, that it's somewhere in the range of $2,000 to $3,000. But I can tuck you through a couple of these items if you'd like to know a little bit about them, the history of them. Uh, This is one of my favorite items. It's a Derek Jeter autograph baseball. But what makes this ball extra special is not just his autograph on it, but the fact that it's an official 1996 World Series baseball that he signed. And that was his first year. That was his rookie year in the league. And it was also the year that the uh, Yankees uh, went to the World Series and won the World Series. The item that's the most special of all for me is this Joe DiMaggio picture. And uh, I love this picture for a couple of reasons. Not only is it an amazing picture that this photographer took of Joe back in 1941, And and it's autographed. It's a limited edition, 1941. This was number 927 of 1941 that Joe signed. Uh, 41 being the year that he had his 56-game hitting streak that's never been broken. Partnering with Liquid in this, and then Liquid partnering with charitywater.org is just an amazing thing to be able to be involved in all of these things. And then, of course, all of us partnering with God to make a difference in this world. It's incredible love that heart. Here's a picture.
0: They had a glorious uh, day yesterday. And if you went by uh, Glenn's house on King George Road, he took all the charity stuff. He even brought the slide and all that stuff over and he put all of his gear on the front lawn. And it was amazing. I want to, Glenn, can you come on out here for just a second? Give us an update. I talked with Glenn last night. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, Tim, it was an amazing, amazing day. Uh, what was great is the Burnsville News, our local paper, picked up on this story and they ran a front page uh, article along with a picture of me and all of that stuff. And uh, this generated a tremendous amount of interest. And so everybody that showed up, I guess probably 100, close to 100 people came. And uh, I started to tell them the story of Charity Water and Liquid Church. And they were like, yeah, I already read it. <laughs> everybody had read the story of Liquid and of Charity and uh, knew about it in advance. And then the bidding got kind of crazy. I mean, I, I, again, I thought 2,000, 3,000 maybe at the high would be what we would get, but this spirit of generosity took over. I mean, some came for a bargain trying to find a steal, and other, but other people said, you know what? I, I wanna do something big here. And uh, at the end of the day, the total amount of the auction that we generated uh, was $12,633. <laughs> there you go.
0: Amazing, amazing. absolutely amazing. That's amazing. It's four. <laughs> That's crazy. It's great. He called me last night. I was like, how'd it go? You know? And, and he was just like, we were hoping to build one. Well, I was like, oh, how'd it go? You know, he's just like, we two and a half wells. <laughs> when we are faithful to invest what God's given us, he's responsible for doubling the impact. Um, Glenn shared this, and this is as recent as, obviously, yesterday. And he shared this at the last service. And a woman came up, single mom, and she said, "I know what I'm going to do." She goes, "I know I'm going to creatively invest myself." My dad died ten years ago, and he had the largest, extensive collection of Elvis memorabilia in New Jersey. Left it to me. I've had it all in a crate. What can that do? And I was like. I don't know, baby, but that's a, that's unbelievable. I don't know what we're going to do with that, but we're going to probably bring it to the green on, uh, on August 2nd when we host our, our our citywide party on the green, because what we don't want to just write chat. It's not our thing. How can we get on board Jesus to creatively invest what we've been given? Okay. I got an email from Michelle Arismith. She's one of the nannies here at Liquid. It's not just about money. I mean, she, she, we have a lot of nannies here at Liquid, you know, take care of kids, and, and she was like, I got a dozen nannies together, we're going to do a walk, and we're going to try to raise $10 for every kid that we, that, we, um, you know, that we sit together and everything. Maybe it has nothing to do with money. Aaron Scott and, and Shannon Stone, they're teachers, and they actually said, can we serve at a, a church this summer during the week in the office, and they've been pouring countless hours. I mean, all this stuff that you've seen, a lot of work's gone into that, but behind the scenes hours, into the party on the green. See, we don't want to just write a check, and then, you know, whatever, forget about that, let the charity people. We want to do... What the Master invites us to do. So, drumroll please. On the weekend of August 2nd and 3rd, we are shutting the doors of our church. We ain't going to have church here. We are going to go out and be the church. And we are going to host in the center of Morristown, a citywide party on the green. Does everyone know the city green here right in the center of Morristown? It's kind of hard to to get here without kind of going around. It's right in the center. And the news today, is we have the the thing reserved for the entire weekend, and we are going to throw a party, but it is a party with a purpose, and the purpose is this. We want to bring a little bit of up there, down here, and have people taste what the kingdom of God is like, and so here's the deal. We are not hosting this party to raise money, but to actually give it away to, to, to those wells. And invite the entire city of Morristown to partner with us in bringing clean and safe drinking water to the poorest of the poor in those regions of Africa. Here's the details. It boggles my mind that the average woman in sub-Saharan Africa walks three miles back and forth every day to get water for her family. Water that is usually contaminated by mud, parasites, and waterborne disease. I mean... When we want water here in the States, we just, we just go and get it. <laughs> but what if we had to do that? I mean, what would it be like to step in her shoes for a day and carry water for your family? On Saturday, August 2nd, our church, Liquid Church, is hosting a party on the green. It's a party with a purpose. And that purpose is to drill six freshwater wells in northern Uganda, Ethiopia, and the Central African Republic. Here's the cool part. Our church has reserved the entire city green in the center of Morristown. On Saturday, August 2nd, we are going to literally transform the city green here in Morristown. Envision a party with all the trimmings. Live music, our band's going to play, we're going to have a bounce house, face painting, balloons for kids, everything, hot dogs, snow cones. It's kind of like an all-American summer block party. And everyone is invited, the entire city of Morristown and beyond. You can invite your friends and neighbors. But it's a party with a purpose. At the center of it all will be a world-class water walk, where each man, woman, or child will be invited to step into the shoes of a third world resident and carry two of these five-gallon jerry jugs on behalf of Africa. Now, we're not walking three miles, more like 30 feet, but you'll experience the feel of it, surrounded by a live exhibit of award-winning photography by Scott Harrison of Charity Water. Here's the cool part. With each person who walks, Liquid Church will donate $20 towards drilling wells in sub-Saharan Africa. There's no catch. We're not raising money. We're literally giving it away. $30,000 given by you to dig freshwater wells at refugee camps in northern Uganda, Ethiopia, and the Central African Republic. We're hoping over 1,000 people take the water walk, pledging their commitment to pour compassion into the lives of the world's poorest. It's going to be an amazing day. Our community walks, our church donates money, and together we make a difference. So who wants to party? Are you in? We're going to need between four and 500 volunteers to serve on the weekend. We need you guys to sign up. We need people who are willing to paint faces, love on kids, serve food, help man the water walk. We need your help. Can we count on you? Sign-ups are online at liquidchurch.com. Simply go to our homepage and click on Sign Up to Serve. You can serve with a team, get your whole family involved. We're going to have a great time together. Remember, it's a party with a purpose. If, If you're new to our church, maybe it's your first time here, you need to know something. Our church is not about filling a building. It's about building the kingdom of God and bringing up there, down here, to the least and the last and the lost. That's that's our heartbeat. That's a heartbeat of the faith that Jesus died to give us. And in that weekend, we are shutting the doors of our church. We're gonna be the church. <laughs> and we need an army of volunteers for this party. Our bands are gonna play and everything, and we're gonna have a rollicking time. They're going hot dogs and snow cones and face painting. If you know how to like love on kids, there's gonna be a lot of families we expect. But 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 at the center of it all is a water walk. This is a third world water walk. Check this out. These, these jerry cans, right? These, these diesel cans. They hold 5 gallons each. They weigh, when filled with water, 40 pounds apiece. And on average, the, every Ugandan woman, the average Ugandan woman, 80 pounds a, a day. She carries 2 jugs back and forth 3 miles every day full of toxic, polluted water. And so at the center of the green is going to be a water walk. We're going to have all these diesel jugs filled with contaminated swamp water. And every person who comes, they're not going to walk three miles back and forth, but back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. forth. 30 yards. And you kind of saw it on the way in where we have some of the statistics of what that means. And you're going to experience, albeit for just a minute or two, what it's like to live in central Uganda. It's it's, un- it's unnerving. It's going to be surrounded by all of Scott's photography, which he's donating, and we're going to light this green up and, and try to bring this, this home. But we're hoping over 1,000 people actually carry the jugs, and for everyone who does, we're giving $20 of our 30000 which we've raised, which now apparently is a lot more than that uh, with Glenn, and maybe, maybe it's new, but it's not new money. We're just simply raising awareness of the, 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 the wells that we're drilling. But we need people with talents. We need people with time. How can you invest yourself creatively in this? You can sign up, as you heard in the video, as individuals, entire families. We've got roles for the kids to play and everything. But as a church, this is a party with a purpose. And we're going to use the collective talents of a local church to make a global difference. Does that sound good to you? Instead of church, we're going to throw a party for the world on the green. Good times. Uh, as you saw, sign-ups are actually open now today. And you can go online just at liquidchurch.com. We put laptops all over the lobby today so that you can sign up. You just simply go on. You'll see all the different teams listed. And I can say, you can come for an hour. I'll come at this time. And I'll, and I'll serve on Saturday, August 2nd. But the question is this. How are you going to invest yourself this summer? I, I want you just to think just for a moment about what's happening in your life right now. Um, maybe God is prompting you to connect the dots. These this two weeks, someone's connecting and, and actually invest yourself in building his kingdom this summer, not just, not just your own kingdom. I mean, maybe it's treasure. Um, maybe it's that s- surprise check or, or, or car or whatever it is you received out of nowhere. And now you realize, oh, my God, now I know what that is. God is putting this Elvis collection in my hand. I, I didn't know. That. Does God want to do more than, than, than six wells? Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. In the least, maybe it's it's time. It doesn't have to be money. Maybe you're going to go on vacation, and you're like, you know what? We are recalibrating our family's vacation plans. We are going to serve on August second instead of you know being. How will you invest yourself this summer? All I know is this. Okay, there's all sorts of ways to do it. All I know is the riskiest option of them all is to do nothing. See, Jesus' parable, his story here in Matthew 25, it has a surprise ending. Because according to Jesus, God doesn't like people who play it safe and conservative with what he's given them. Just go back to Matthew 25 here, because there's a final servant who actually is a bit of a fiscal conservative. It says, but the man who received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and what? Hid his master's money. In other words, God gave him something. He says, now, to you, I'm going to give you One. And what does he do? My precious. He buried it. He buried. He literally buried it. Why? When the the master is the creator of the universe, I created the oceans, I'm the owner of cattle on a thousand hills. Why would he take his one talent and go, My, no. Why? punchline comes in verse 24. Look at this. When God returns to settle accounts, it says, master, he said, I knew that you are a what? Hard man. So I was what? Afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. Two things make us bury our talents. And one is a flawed view of who God is. Look at that. Look at the words I want it up here. Master, I knew that you are a hard man. I know what this religion thing is about. I know what it's about. And fear. So I was afraid. In other words, this guy didn't get it. Although he purported to be in the service of God, he misunderstood God's heart completely. See, the way we conceive of God always impacts how we invest our lives. How we serve him. And maybe this is the aha moment for some of you. Maybe you've thought God is this uncaring, distant dictator in the sky and basically committed to two things, just kind of restricting your life and ignoring the big problems of the world. Or maybe you've only known him as a God of judgment, just condemnation and punishment. He's like, I'm afraid of God. But this God is perfect love, which casts out fear because he is good. Because his heart is generous and patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but wants to save the world entire. But this view of God, he's a hard man, he's a miser, he's stingy, he's punitive. That only leaves one way, paralysis. If God is like that, I better bury what I got. And I can just say, well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a conservative. (laughs) Because you never know when God's going to take it back from me. Or, or if I lose this, I don't know if God can be trusted to come through to provide another in his place. Because he's, he's, a, he's a hard man. His misunderstanding of God's heart produces fear and then paralysis. You do nothing and you bury it. Look, maybe you're here today and you don't know God. Or worse, you think you know him, but you've got the skewed perspective. That's when life closes in on you. Because you become a clutcher. God can't be trusted. I've got to do it all myself. And so you keep a tight fist around every scrap and tittle because you feel like you have to fend for yourself because if you don't, who will? That is tragic. That is not what salvation is. It's not about fear. It's about freedom. The master in the story is your loving father who has provided everything you need for life, for salvation, including the death of his only son in your place. What's God heart like? What master sacrifices the life of his son for his servants? Not a hard God, but a scandalously, recklessly generous and compassionate one. And through faith in Christ, we are his children. We're not servants. I mean, there are all sorts of reasons. I understand to hesitate or rationalize getting involved. I totally understand. The the economy is going in the tank. I get it. Housing bubbles are are bursting. and, And it's like $1 a day in Africa. It's like not even a half a latte here. I get it. But when you choose to save what God gives you for yourself, you wind up losing what's most important to your father. Because your father looks at this picture and he says, don't you get it? That's your sister. And somebody somewhere is burying something. This isn't guilt. This is a wake up for me. At the end of our lives, when we arrive in heaven, after we get over the initial conversation about what you do with Jesus, God's going to have another simple question. It's like, what would you do with what I gave you? And we can say, I, invest, I took a risk. You see that thing on the front lawn? I didn't know what the heck was going to happen. But I know you're a generous God of compassion, and, and I want to expand your kingdom and risk it all. And that's when we look over his shoulder, and we see the river of life overflowing its bounds, and we realize we chose wisely. Or we can say, verse 25, I'm not even going to use my words, because I hate the end of this parable. It unnerves me, because I'm a clutcher. So I was afraid, and I hid your talent on the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. I, I, was, I, was, I played it safe. Look at this. Just read it with me. It's verse 26. Would you just read the end? It says, The master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I haven't sown, and you gather where I haven't scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Now, watch this. This is crazy. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have in abundance. And whoever doesn't have even what he has will be taken from him. And then this is, again, I don't like the end of this. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and you realize this isn't a punishment. He's just like, he doesn't know me. That final verse haunts me because I am a natural burier when it comes to money. I, Colleen I, and I, we like to give our time investing the talents that you have. Treasure's the hard one for me. What's the hardest for you? I don't know. But my question would be this. Are you burying something? today. It, maybe it's time, maybe it's money, maybe it's talents. We need all three to pull this off because everything makes a difference. When we're faithful with what God's given us and we take a rest to invest, not just our wallets, but ourselves bringing up there, down here, God multiplies the impact. Amen? What's your next step? No guilt. Maybe your next step, we're going to receive our offering and to conclude in worship kind of culminate just in a celebration. If God's put it on your heart to give awesome. Give cheerfully. Do not give out of guilt. We don't want your guilt money. Just keep that. If you're okay, you can do that. Okay. And through all of July, when we receive our offering, you can put your gift in the envelope that we gave you, just write it to liquid church because we're giving it hundred percent together. We can do way more than as individuals, but, but, but maybe, maybe I wonder, I'm like, what's God going to do this week? He just did two wells yesterday out of nowhere because of Joe DiMaggio. What the I'm like, what's he going to do with Elvis? <laughs> That's so amazing. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or, or contribute your, your time, okay? Sign up to serve. Those laptops in the lobby are going to be there in five minutes when you walk out of this place. Go look at the teams. Sign up your kids. Say, we're going to serve on that Saturday, okay? And we're gonna, together we're going to make a world of difference. I am so proud of you guys. I, I, like, I like, and I, I just, I'm in awe. I'm in awe like God's doing, and like, like too, I cried this week. I cried because as I read that description in Revelation, this picture, this river of life, crystal clear, flowing down out of heaven and seeing God's heart for what? The healing of the nations. I thought, I want to be in on that. I want to be in on that. I want what breaks God's heart to break mine too. And I am so privileged to be part of a church that shares that passion. Can say amen if you're with me so I don't feel like so. Okay. All right, let's, um, let's just pray. Father, you are God of this city. You are God of this world, and you are the king of these people, and we love you. Father, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Thank you, Lord, not for Joe DiMaggio, but for Jesus in the way that you change hearts and you inspire and catalyze creative investment because your kingdom is coming. Thank you for all you did in two, two weeks, God, and all you're going to do now in the months to come. Lord, we dedicate this summer to you, And we just want to say we're privileged, God, to be a part of bringing up there, down here. So please just receive our modest, even gifts now, Father, and just wow us. (laughs) Multiply your impact so that nations are healed and you get the glory. We just are looking to you. Great expectation. And for greater things yet to come. All God's
1: people said, amen.